This is Planet Money from NPR. Yeah, it's our 1,000th episode, and to be honest, we spent a lot of time thinking about ways to avoid doing this episode. There's a lot going on right now. So at one point, we were like, what if we just skip episode 1,000, go from episode 999 to episode 1,001, and just do the big 1,000th later when we can throw a real party? Or my personal suggestion, we could suddenly switch to decimal system, you know, like suddenly it's 999.5. 0.75, We don't ever have to get to 1,000. We can stay young forever. But then we were like, all right, let, let's see what the listeners have to say. And this is when we asked you to send us your favorite moments from Planet Money. And we listened to a bunch of your suggestions. And as we were going through them, we noticed we've taken you inside a lot of places. We've taken you inside the world of cheese cartels, the invention of money, libertarian summer camp, the birth of the spreadsheet. But we've never actually taken you inside our own show. So we're like, what if we do a Planet Money about Planet Money? I mean, over a thousand episodes, we have developed a kind of formula for what makes a Planet Money episode a Planet Money episode. And we thought, you know what, for the thousandth episode, why don't we just share that formula with you today? For instance, this thing we just did here, told you a little story about not knowing what to do for the thousandth episode, teased that there was a problem. This is almost always the kind of thing we do at the top of an episode. This is what we call this part, the top. And another thing we like to do at the top is try to hook you in with like a great character or voice. Like in episode number 925, when we started with the guy who got the United States to recycle, accidentally with help from the mafia. Oh, yes. Now, that's a story that'll take a lot more time than we have today. Garbage in New York. That was like a controlled substance. What is he talking about? We're not going to tell you just yet. No. That's the point. This is the part of the episode where that cliffhanger soundbite goes. Robert Smith, give us the perfect cliffhanger soundbite for episode 1000. Go. I'm supposed to just make something up? Yeah. Listen, listen, everybody, listen. You know the best things we've done, but have you heard the worst things we've done? The things that we don't want you to hear ever again? The things we're afraid to tell you? It's all in this show. (laughs) And this is where the off-brand music starts. You know what comes here. Go ahead. Yeah, do it. Oh, really? You know it. And welcome to Planet Money. Welcome to Planet Money. Hello and welcome to Planet Money. Hello. Bienvenida a Planeta Dinero. Very nice. Hello and welcome to Planet Money. By the way, that is what we call this this whole music-y section here, the hello and welcome. I'm Kenny Malone. I'm Sarah Gonzalez. We now have 1,000 episodes under our belt. We've produced almost 400 hours of content. From more than 40 countries by like 20 different hosts. We have our own spinoff podcast, The Indicator. We've speculated in gold, shorted America, made our own vodka, shot a low-budget horror film, created a shell company. And now it is time for us to bring you inside Planet Money to show you the tricks we keep doing and hope that you don't notice, and also the tricks we've done so many times, we've had to ban them completely. And as far as hello and welcome sales pitches go, this one is pretty reasonable. They've gotten a little out of control over the years. Today on the show, 
the one-page dream plan to solve global warming for free. Today on the podcast, how an entire country can get out of debt. He set in motion one of the biggest political shifts in generations. I don't think I'm exaggerating here. This one little story, it explains why we are where we are today. Why billions of people don't have to worry about starving today. Today on the show, a show about the show. Giving me like Mr. Winslow, sister, sister, Topanga vibes. I want to be like in the full house with Uncle Jesse. And you always want to be with Uncle Jesse. This message comes from NPR sponsor Microsoft Teams. We all know meetings, struggling to pay attention, files seem impossible to find, and if you're not in the room, you're not in the know. Welcome to the new way to work together, Microsoft Teams where you can contribute to meetings from anywhere, chat with coworkers so you're never out of the loop, and find all your files and even edit them in real time in one convenient place. When you're ready to unleash the power of your team, open Teams. Learn more at microsoft.com teams. Face masks have become the new normal as we continue to grapple with the ongoing pandemic. But when did we start wearing masks for our health and safety? This week on Throughline, the origins of the N95 mask and how it became the life-saving tool it is today. Throughline from NPR, the podcast where we go back in time to understand the present. All right, this part of the episode, uh, after the break, this is what we call the shoulders. Yeah, because if the top is the top, then this part is obviously the shoulders, right? Head, top, shoulders. A lot of times, the shoulder is also where we dump caveats, like technically this is our 1,000th numbered episode, But there were a whole bunch of episodes, like way back in the beginning, 12 years ago, that nobody ever numbered. So there are more than a thousand Planet Money episodes. We also apparently have two episode 256s. Whoops. Uh, Yeah, what are you going to do? But now that we've said all of this exactly once in the shoulders, we can just keep referring to this as the thousandth episode for the rest of the episode. Okay, so now that the caveats are out of the way, we got to get back into the story. We've made all these big promises in the top and in the hello and welcome. You are ready to hear the story. We want to tell it to you, but oh, mm, no, we're, we're not going <laughs> to tell it to you yet. We're going to take a big step back. Pull this little move. Okay, so in order to understand the first government shutdown ever... We really need to take you back to the Civil War. Today, we are going back in time to the 12th and 13th century. All the way back to ancient Rome. Back to the ancient Greeks, the ancient Romans. 300 years ago with the pirate Blackbeard. This is us giving you context. This is the learning part. A little bit of vegetables. You want to understand the world today? You got to understand the past, how we got here. And there is one moment in particular we apparently really want you to understand well. And then came the Great Depression. 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 We asked our two longest serving hosts, Robert Smith and Jacob Goldstein, about this peculiar habit. Uh, are you guys recording? Yes. Yes. Okay, so it's my understanding that we used to flash back so often to the Great Depression that the two of you used to talk about having a song made for it. The Great Depression! It's the Great Depression! <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we have actually commissioned one, and here you go. Yes. We're going back to the Great Depression. That's great. Well, yeah, a little kind of Woody Guthrie vibe. Timey. Here, so can we try it? Let's try it. Let's try it once for real. Yeah, it's just like in order to understand what's <laughs> happening now and and really the severity of what's happening now, you really need to go back in time. 
We're going back to the Great Depression. Love it. But to really understand what... (laughs) to the Great Depression. (laughs) But to really understand how Planet Money found its formula... Yeah, you really need to go back in time to the Great Recession, 2008, to the giant pool of money. This is what a lot of people think of as our first episode, but technically it is the This American Life episode. The giant pool of money took what This American Life is good at, find a great character, tell a story, and used it to do something different, to explain something complex, abstract, seemingly too far away to understand, like a super collateralized mortgage crisis fueled by international money flows. There's this one interview from that story in particular that feels like a a kind of big bang moment for Planet Money. Alex Bloomberg and Adam Davidson, our show's founders, they found this guy named Clarence for the giant pool of money. And what was amazing about Clarence was that he seemed to know that he was both a victim of the housing crisis and also arguably a participant in the mess. He'd taken out a, a pretty big mortgage. Call it 540 for round figures. You basically borrowed $540,000 from the bank and they didn't check your income. Right. It's a no-income verification loan. They don't call me up and say, you know, how much money? They don't do that. I mean, it's, it's almost like you pass a guy in the street and you say, you lend me $540,000? He said, well, what do you do? I got a job. Okay. Would, would, would you have loaned you the money? I wouldn't have loaned me the money. And um, nobody that I know would have loaned me the money. I mean, I know guys who are criminals that wouldn't lend me that money, and they break your kneecap. So, you know, yeah, I mean, I don't know why the bank did it. Last week, we called up Alex Bloomberg to ask about this Clarence moment. That question of sort of would you have lent you the money, I think in some ways is a blueprint for a certain kind of ethos of, of planet money, which is like to know the big structural context but also to be talking to the people in the middle who are most affected by that context and getting their honest, authentic, non-judgmental reactions, thoughts, observances of what it's like to be at the center of these large forces. The secret to a great Planet Money episode is to find that Clarence, that amazing person who happens to be at the center of everything. And sometimes we find the person who, you know, accidentally emergency landed in Iran. So everyone was like, what? Uh, we're going to Iran? Are we, are we allowed to do that? Or that doctor who intentionally paralyzed himself for his startup. And Phil said, well, we could paralyze you and then see if the nasal spray works. Or then there's just like some guy trying to catch a cow thief. That's who Zoe Chase and Stacey Vanek Smith found. So we met up with Special Agent Jerry Flowers in the parking lot of the Oklahoma Department of Agriculture. And he was there with his team, and they're all dressed alike. And they look just ready for action. The starch jeans, starch shirts, and uh, wore out boots. And, and, a, and a clean white hat. Good guys wear white hats. Is that true? Sure. Well, it is out here. We call this walk-on tape. It's the way the character walks into the story, into our lives. We spend a lot of time thinking about how to introduce people to you. Cowboy introductions apparently are relatively easy. Economists, on the other hand, you may have to work a little harder for the walk-on. Like this guy. I'm Robert Schiller, professor of economics, Yale University. Can you add that you're a Nobel Prize winner and that you predicted the Great Recession? (laughs) You want me to say that? You're supposed to say that. I just did. (laughs) 
Okay, so so you found your clearance, you you've done your walk on. We are now at the body of the story, the part after the shoulders. Bodies under the shoulders makes sense, but now we have to do some actual work at some point. We have to explain some big economic concept. This is where we earn our paychecks. This is where we have to get creative to explain things like dramatic shifts in year-over-year parcel-specific housing prices. Yeah, real example, which I know doesn't sound enticing, but but back in 2011, the Case-Shiller Home Price Index was going bananas, and it was fascinating. There was this incredible graph. I have it right here. It shows the booming and then collapsing home prices. Oh, oh, you can't. You can't see this graph on the radio? Oh, problem. Yeah, but you can take numbers on a graph, turn them into musical notes, and then bring in an opera singer to sing the graph. So that's the national number, and you can definitely, you know, hear the boom and bust, but like, we wanted to go big, right? So so we got him to sing Miami, the city with the biggest housing boom in America. You're kind of rooting for it on the way up, and then you're like, no, no, no. no. <laughs> that's, a, that's how it was to live in Miami. Okay, now some economic concepts are are so big, are so global, that not even a room full of graph-singing baritones could really bring you along. Like supply chains, or financial markets, or the entire oil industry. Yeah, like, like what do you even think of when we say oil industry? So sometimes we've learned it's better to just throw ourselves into the middle of the industry. In the case of, of one series, to buy transport and process 100 barrels of oil ourselves. This way we can bring you in the room when an oil deal goes down. We can tell you what it looks like, smells like, feels like. Oh my gosh. It is it is the color of coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like a good latte. <laughs> yeah. can, can we touch it? Is that cool? Yeah, you can. Oh, it's, it's cool. Oh, that feels really weird. This is This is our oil, right? Right now it's my oil. I thought this it's was going like, to be your oil. I thought in this, I thought like this was like handshake country. Oh yeah, it, it is, but we haven't shook hands yet. And then when we wanted to explain the commercialization of outer space, we shot a satellite into space with our logo on it. T minus thirty seconds. T minus. I don't know why everyone's whispering. Five, four, three, two, one. We have ignition. I don't hear anything. Vehicle is clear of the tower. Umbies are disconnected. Whoa, 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 it's so bright. Oh my gosh. Whoa. Oh, it's shooting up so fast. Oh, you can There's barely like stare at it. There's a flame behind it. Whoa. Oh my god. Whoa, it's hard to look at it. Attitude remains nominal at the Caster 120 stage zero motor. But by far the project people ask us about the most is when we set out to explain global trade by making our own Planet Money t-shirt. The one with the squirrel holding a martini glass. An animal drinking spirits, animal spirits, a John Maynard Keynes gag. For the t-shirt project, we followed a bale of cotton from Mississippi to Indonesia, where it was spun, and then to Bangladesh, where it was sewn. Ashu, can I put on a t-shirt? That's the finished shirt, right? Listeners bought thousands and thousands of our t-shirts. And the point of the project was that every time you put the t-shirt on, you'd think of all the people around the world who touched it. 
the farmer, the weaver, and the two sisters in Bangladesh who sewed the collar, Shumi and Minu. We wanted you to think about what was going on in their lives when they made the shirt. Shumi sends some money back to her parents, but she also has her own bank account. And she's saving for something special, something that shows what a different world she's living in compared to the one her sister grew up in. <laughs> I just saved the money if I need it for my marriage, then I uh, use the money for my marriage. For your marriage? Yes. So I gotta ask, do you have a groom in mind? <laughs> yes. Yes? Yes. What's his name? Shumi is blushing and laughing, and she won't tell me his name. They work together. Why don't you want to tell me? Is it secret? Is it a secret romance? Yeah, it's secret. Oh, <laughs> forbidden romance. Very intriguing. Did you talk to him tonight? Yes. <laughs> After the break, forbidden planet money. Contraband planet money tropes. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Diversity Fund, offering the opportunity for investors to build a diversified portfolio to protect against market volatility with their tech-enabled platform. Invest today at diversityfund.com NPR. A rabbi, an Arab, and a comedian, all with COVID-19, walk into a luxury hotel. There was a Zumba class, old, young, religious, secular, Arab, Jewish. I was like, where am I? It's the Hotel Corona on NPR's Rough Translation. One of the dangers of doing 1,000 episodes is that they can kind of start to sound the same. Yeah, let's say, hypothetically, you're Robert Smith, you're in a big library. What, what is the easiest way to show you, the listener, how big that library is? You have books! Or let's say Kenny Malone has discovered a secret underground government cheese cave. How might he place you in said cheese cave? Government cheese! That's pretty good. You don't do that, huh? No, I've never thought about it. Yeah, it probably gets old. Do we yell too much? Probably. Corporate. Corporate. Income. Income. Tax. Tax. Corporate income tax. Also this. Currency exchange rate. Trade deal confidential. What the hell's my calculator? Snozberries taste like snozberries. <laughs> Land of fire. All right, but we yell and we whisper because we're trying to engage your senses. Yeah, sound, but radio is a medium that needs all your senses. All your senses. Consider episode 657, The Onion King. If you're on the farm, you can pull one right out of the ground and take a bite. I'm, a, I'm just, I'm going for it. No, you're, uh, you ain't gonna do that. It's too hot. I mean, it's very oniony. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> now it's Man. hot. Now it's hot, huh? That's what a fresh onion tastes like, huh? For the record, we made Keith do that. It's kind of a planet money hazing. Oh, thanks. Thanks for that. It is kind of like a rite of passage here. Kenny tasted oil, like crude oil. So bad. Robert ate a raw Kalamata olive in Kalamata, Greece. Karen Duffin had to drink raw milk, kind of against her will. Sorry, Karen. I ate like, I don't know, pound of french fries for a story. Sarah clearly got the best assignment out of all of us. <laughs> yeah. But here is something that we do talk about a lot. Like, what radio things are, are now just part of the Planet Money brand, and what things have we done so many times that we should probably stop doing them? 
Many of those things actually weirdly involve paper on the radio. Here it is, Alex. That's an authentic paper sound effect, which means I'm about to read a law to you. Here we have the entire harmonized tariff schedule of the United States dropped on the floor. There is actually an active debate about whether we should ban wrestling paper and dropping books. I am pro-paper wrestling. I will die on that hill. I mean, I just did it today. That's a fair point. But there are things that we have actually officially banned. There are words that we're not allowed to say anymore. For example, there's this one phrase that is just so perfect. Like, anytime you want to tell someone, this is the bottom line, this is the main takeaway, this is the thing. Here's the thing. We take for granted that the developing world is going to buy our stuff because they like our style. And here's the thing. A hedge can sometimes be used for protection. But here's the thing. Chile is a democracy. Okay, but here's the thing. Demand was high. Yes, and Nick, here's the thing. That is before Hurricane Harvey. When I started here two years ago, I was told that we have done here's the thing so many times that I only get to use it one time over the course of my entire Planet Money career. Also the phrase... It turns out you only get one, it turns out. So I am just waiting for like that special moment where I absolutely have to say, here's the thing. Also, I was told that we have apparently overused magic, disappeared. And so last episode, I had to say magic kazam, which is not a thing. Like, gone. Yeah. Yes. Magic. Yes. Magic. We're going to have to bleep all of this. Stop doing that. (laughs) Now, in a real episode, this is around the time where the show would start to wrap up, usually with some some bigger reflection on what it all means and try to make it feel like the show has come full circle somehow. And one of the things we will often do at the end of a show is go back to the first person you heard from for some closing thoughts. And you heard from a lot of people in this episode. But if we're really going to do this ender move here, the very first person you heard from in the top was this guy. Oh, yes. Now, that's a story that'll take a lot more time than we have today. That is Lowell Harrelson, and we called him back. Hello. Hey, is this Lowell? Yes, ma'am. Hey, Lowell, this is Sarah. Do you remember me? Sure, Miss Sarah, I remember you. You're the nice lady that came all the way to Mobile, aren't you? Yes, I am. (laughs) How you been doing? How are you doing? Well, I'm hanging in there. So we just wanted to check in with you to see... Um, how you're doing during all of this? Oh, now that's another story entirely. And I tell you, I, you know, being quarantined has been a real experience for me. This is it's not easy. So I feel really isolated and lonely, to be honest with you about it. But I can turn around and feel the pain of others and hear the stories and talk on the phone with friends of mine. And suddenly I feel a togetherness unlike anything else before in my life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, we know exactly what he means. Here is the thing. This show was born during the Great Recession, when we were all part of this same big story. And we certainly would have never guessed that our 1,000th episode would fall right in the middle of the next huge, even bigger moment when we were all in something together. But here we are. Here we are. And we're going to keep bringing you stories. We're going to keep going places, going back in time in order to understand. We're going to keep explaining, keep bringing you voices. Oh, well, Lowell, I hope that you're staying safe and healthy and away from as many people as possible. Okay, Lowell, you take care. Thank you, ma'am. Okay. I hope we get to cross paths again someday. 
maybe someday we will be able to have a big party. We will invite Lowell. All of you can come in real life, not virtually. But for now, we'll keep making the show. And if it's okay, we are going to stop counting episodes now. We want to thank you, listener, so, so much for being there with us. We have a playlist of some of our favorite episodes that is on our website right now. You can find it at npr.org slash money. And we love to hear from you. So email us at planetmoney at npr.org. We're also on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Planet Money. And yeah, we're a thousand episodes old. Like, whatever. That's like 10,000 years in podcast years. But... Guess who's on TikTok now, suckas? <laughs> at Planet Money. Find us. That's right. Old dog, new trick. TikTok at us. Yeah, TikTok at us. <laughs> <laughs> Should we do a dance, Kenny? Should we like do a TikTok dance? Yes. Yes. Special thanks this week to Scott Lane of American Paradox Records for the 1,000th episode theme song, and also to Keith Romer and John Pinamonti for the Great Depression song. I'm Sarah Gonzalez. I'm Adam Davidson. I'm Alex Bloomberg. I'm Hannah Jaffe-Walt. And I'm David Kestenbaum. I'm Laura Conaway. I'm Jacob Goldstein. I'm Caitlin Kenny. And I'm Robert Smith. I'm Zoe Cheese. I'm Steve Henn. And I'm Jess Jang. I'm Kwok Trang Bui. I'm Lisa Chow. I'm Stacey Vanek-Smith. I'm Gregory Warner. I'm Sonari Glenton. I'm Ashley Milne-Tite. I'm Alex Goldmark. I'm Marianne McCune. And I'm Bryant Erstat. I'm Jasmine Gars. I'm Taylor Tepper. I'm Julia DeWitt. And I'm Julia Simon. I'm Audrey Quinn. I'm Nick Fountain. And I'm Chris Arnold. I'm Dan Charles. I'm Dina Temple-Raston. And I'm Sindhu Nyanasambandhan. And I'm Edward Saakashvili. I'm Elizabeth Kulas. And I'm Sally Help. And I'm Elsa Chang. And I'm Noel King. And I'm Keith Romer. I'm Cardiff Garcia. And I'm Patty Hirsch. And I'm Darius Raffion. I'm Constanza Gallardo. And I'm Lena Sonskiri. I'm Darian Woods. And I'm Corey Turner. I'm Greg Rosalski. I'm Alexi Horowitz-Ghazi. And I'm Julia Furlan. I'm Danielle Kurtzleben. I'm Tom Goldman. I'm Mary Childs. I'm Amanda Aronchik. I'm Tracy Samuelson. I'm James Sneed. I'm Liza Yeager. I'm Jason Bobian. I'm Karen Duffin. And I'm Kenny Malone. This is NPR. Thanks to everybody who helped us make 1,000 episodes. And thanks to all of you for listening. 